Hi, this is Anina Livingstone, and you are listening to my new podcast, Tending the Soul of Relationship. I want to welcome you by offering all of the interviews from my seven-week Clarity of Calling online course. This was the topic of my doctoral research based on my own struggles, curiosity, and passion for the topic. So if you're looking for more clarity, courage, or commitment as you tend to your calling, you've come to the right place. I've interviewed my most cherished mentors and respected colleagues to bring you this wealth of supportive wisdom. If you'd like to take the course in its entirety, feel free to go to my website at www.aninialivingstone.com where you can download the ebook and accompanying weekly guidance. I wish you all the courage and clarity you need to fulfill your calling so that together we can create a more vibrant world. So welcome Maladoma. We're here with Maladoma Samay and today we're going to speak about the doingness of calling. And we'll also touch a little bit on how to move into clarity, but the focus will be on, on actually bringing into form something that we have received from the mystery. So welcome, Maladoma. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to do this. I always like to start with asking people about their own sense of their purpose, how they understand it, and if you want to share anything about how you came to know. I know that's a very long and involved story, but if there any kind of seed that you could share with us about your own calling. The first uh, and foremost thing is the uh, inner drive. Uh, uh, a deep sense that uh, something is pushing or pulling from deep within. It is unusual, it is uh, borderline disruptive and uh, not to say annoying. Then the second thing is the, uh, the, uh, the need to do something about it. So in my case, uh, it was mostly the, uh, the feeling that uh, I was already in a different kind of frequency, a different kind of uh, world uh, view, as was the case with uh, the kind of entourage I had that kept telling me what it is that I'm here to do, starting with my name, which meant he who makes friend with a stranger, Maladoma. Because it was coming from other people, you know, it did not really uh, have the depth that uh, eventually became obvious to me uh, was this inner feeling. Uh, that was uh, uh, really clarified when I was uh, in boarding school. Uh, the contrast between uh, two worldview, or should I say the clash between worldview, the European, the indigenous African, uh, that's what began to really uh, shed some light into it. Uh, Making, making my discomfort contextualized as if somebody was saying, see, that's what I've been telling you. 
And of course, I can understand that the return to the uh, to the indigenous context uh, by way of leaving the boarding school that uh, followed was something like uh, uh, the the. Uh, the massive initiatory ritual contributed greatly to uh, opening the eyes to mm. the fact that uh, this is something uh, that is not a figment of my imagination, but it is something that is a clear demonstration of the presence of truth and reality associated with this nagging feeling that has been going on all along. So having been confirmed in this fashion, the rest of it was to uh, really be realistic about the, the modus operandi of such, a, of such a calling. And so in this case, it was mostly because of the health and the experience that contributed to clarifying uh, the, the, the whole situation. Uh, yes, I was informed by outside sources that seemed to know ahead of time as if I was pre-warned. Then the next thing was uh, the feeling followed by the capacity to verify, to verify that indeed uh, this is real. Uh, if I don't uh, uh, go along the line of the calling to be the voice of the wisdom of my ancestors, then I will be living a life in contradiction with this inner calling mm -hmm. uh, and acting on it came in the form of submission of myself to uh, gain a deeper understanding of the body of the wisdom uh, carried by the people who fostered my arrival in this world mm -hmm. and subsequently uh, trying to uh, carry out in the West. This is a short of yeah. a rather topsy-turvy story yeah. which is beyond the scope of this right. conversation. Yeah, so I'm hearing a couple things. One, in your culture you're given information which in ours we're not, yeah. right? So you had that piece. Then you had this feeling, which we all are born with. We all have something that stirs that we can't run away from, right? Then you had the the painful part of the initiation, which is we have to the the gift and the wound live together, and you yeah. you got your wound and gift experience. Mm -hmm. And then you were given sounds like the apprenticeship and the support needed to actually kind of build the medicine body you needed to actually do the work in the world. That's just about it. Yeah. Okay. And so for those of us in the West who don't have someone to tell us whether it's through ritual or divination or the things that support you and your culture, we just walk around with a lot of confusion often. And so um, part of my work is trying to help people to trust all the ways that the soul speaks to us because we're being given information all the time. What would you say in terms of ways in this culture to help move from confusion to clarity? Well, the confusion must first be seen as a good sign. It means that uh, the existential self has become uh, conscious of the fact that something is going on. That we didn't come into this world on a seamless ride to whatever destination. And that somehow uh, 
the confusion is a sign that uh, not only we are being called, but also we are listening. Hmm. Uh, the other thing, of course, is the ability to trust the lights that wants to come out of this confusion. It is almost like a, a specific arrangement of the furnitures within to try to give a certain kind of clear direction somewhere down the road. So first of all, uh, it is not healthy to think that the confusion is a bad thing. Uh, it usually comes because of the clash of uh, reality between what is trying to happen and what is going on in the outside world. Of course, it's unfortunate that at the time there is really nobody to confirm uh, to confirm the, uh, the, the veracity and the appropriateness of such transformational process. It is uh, deeply unfortunate to uh, not have at that moment an authority that is trustworthy to validate the kind of uh, clashes that are going on within and perhaps even without. So, uh, this is the area that calls for a radical awakening, a radical initiative on the part of those who, like you, are aware of such a thing that, uh, you know, there is no confirmation source. In other words, there's no elder, there's no mentor. Far from wanting to decry the absence of these role model, it is useful to uh, take into account things like uh, this, uh, the authority within. If it is possible to, uh, uh, to really think of the self in this state as going through a metamorphosis, whether you know what the structure of that metamorphosis is, there is one thing uh, very important here to uh, take into account, that this is not meant to destroy you, that this is not meant to lead you into deeper chaos, that eventually the sooner you are able to embrace the, the uh, conflict within, the better it's going to be, acknowledging things even before you have a full understanding of it on the basis that this kind of thing can now be going on for no reason. It is going on simply because there's a higher self that wants to rise. And how will I rise? How will I allow this to rise? The very dwelling on it can translate sooner than later into the crossing path of an authority that could confirm something. Mm -hmm. we, we jump too fast into giving up, into exhibiting signs of utter loss, if not complaint about the fact that everything is wrong, everything is bad, uh, and leading us to a kind of expression of disappointment and anger that is mostly aimed at the outside world because it is not echoing anything similar to what we are feeling inside. Uh, 
Is it because we're more prone to jumping into the darkness rather than uh, hang on to the little light we might have? Uh, that part, I don't know, but th there's an effort there that needs to be made. An effort that first has to look like we are determined to be alive in this world. Mm. Uh, mm. We're brought here for a reason and we will not let darkness take over as if we shouldn't have arrived here. Mm -hmm. So when this personal effort translates into quiet, greater quiet, well, the next thing is, is quite, uh, quite self-explanatory. Beside the fact that the simple conviction that uh, one will not allow this to be the last feeling that one had. Mm that eventually will automatically, or at least one way or another, lead to the crossing path of an authority capable of grounding all this energy. There is also the fact that the, the, you, you assert yourself in such a way that all of a sudden things quiet down. When you start saying, no, I would not allow this thing to come to me looking like an umbrella of darkness that wants me to wear it on a daily basis. There has to be, of course, a kind of act of retaliation against uh, such a turmoil in order to give it a kind of containment. Hmm. Uh, knowing that uh, most likely this very action translates into the crossing path with someone capable of bringing an alternative way of looking at things. So I would love for you to speak to how we move from receiving something from the mystery, whether it's through a dream, mm -hmm. through imagery that repeats, to things we're drawn to in the world. Like for me, it was nests. I kept, I've had nests since I was eight, little trinkets to finding nests, birds, things that symbols and parts of nature that draw us and dreams mm -hmm. and yearnings and visions and all the things that come from the mystery. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for some of us to just swim in that and not know how to translate it. Yeah. And so I would love to hear about um, how do you take a thread and move it into the world? How do you do that? How do you, what's the technology of bridging the two worlds? Oh, first of all, it began with the articulation of the message. Articulation means uh, the message was was imparted, perhaps not in English. When you come back into this dimension, you have to tell the story. You have to wrap the message into a story. Mm -hmm. That way, there is what we call a humanization of the of the transmission. The, the, the method simply consists in telling ourselves in the language of our skills the, uh, the way we shaped this thread into human form uh, by articulating it verbally we therefore uh, allow one or two things to happen. The first is that the audience, 
that is ancestral can check it against the original transmission to find out whether there has been something lost in translation and if there were then it's most likely that the same information will be sent either in a reformed fashion or in a completely different fashion. You know, there are always different ways of delivery, not just one way. The second thing in this case is to carry out that which you have finally humanized with the human words. It will be, for instance, uh, uh, acquiring object that seemed to be like element, part of the building of the story. Mm. The bird nest is an element of the story. From then on, following the, the intuitive thread, the first reaction might be that uh, you, you, you assign it this kind of mythical, sacred dimension in which there is room for broader interpretation. Nest, in the, it's seen in the dream, can translate into something having to do with home, a place of safety, comfort, uh, a place where at least there's a feeling that one is being held, and so forth. And the subsequent response to that may be that it is the ancestor telling you that you are protected, mm -hmm. that you are cared for. Look, this cozy little bird nest. What if you are the bird mm -hmm. and the nest is the comfort that is provided to you by the, uh, by the ancestors? Then you will find out what is the referent, what is that point to? And it may be that you just become aware that what you are being drawn to do is sanctioned by the ancestors, protected by the ancestors, hence this cozy nest and this bird thing. Your spirit is functional. Anything that flies has to do with uh, the flight of spirit. Spirit has that much uh, flexibility and can take off, not follow any road but its own road in the great space of meaning. Mm. So this is, this is a reasonable way to go. Uh, it, it, what it does is that it puts you in a constant imagining mode, mm. constantly reviewing that, the pieces of imageries that have been gifted into you. And as you do that, you find yourself uh, delving deeper and deeper into the mystery. The issue is not solving it. Mm. The issue is riding with it. Mm. Because in the end, it is not resolution. It is about dwelling in something that has nothing to do with trauma, that has nothing to do with uh, this, uh, call it anger or frustration or confusion. It is riding with something that you have captured and whatever the ride it is clear it is at least much clearer 
than the darkness that tend to make us go in round, round and round, not forward. So consequently, uh, we must come across as people who just embrace the, uh, the thread uh, without necessary prior understanding. The embracing of it begins the journey that at the, uh, uh, at the most looked like a clarifying journey. It clarifies things, but it expects us in the beginning to show that we have embraced it. Mm. We take it on. Mm -hmm. Too many people wait for clarity before they can get in. How about getting in and as a reward for your trusting move, mm. then something starts to get clearer and clearer. Right. Uh, that's the whole point. Okay, so you're talking really about the whole process as opposed to any endpoint or anything that comes out of the process. It's the process itself that matters. The process is... It's everything. Is that, 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 that's it. Yeah. It's almost like the journey is a destination. Mm -hmm. And uh, as long as we go about it this way, we are not showing sign of the kind of conditioning that uh, is socially induced that wants us to first make sure that the, what we are embracing is not something that uh, uh, is bad into itself or that we're not embracing it uh, because we have captured its full understanding understood its uh, its process where it start where it's going to go and where it it's right. going to end and therefore decided that this is a safe thing to do right because this process takes such a long time that we have to live our life as if we are the mystery mm -hmm. that we are unfolding and if we don't grab on to any of these of these threads being the mystery that we are will be difficult to prove. Right. So I just want to name what I heard. One, <clears throat> you talked about story is really important and bringing the story to the ancestors. Yes. And so even, I just want to say again to the people listening, even if the story feels completely fragmented and they're just little pieces, yes. bring it to the ancestors. Bring it to the ancestors. And it will clarify as we go or yes. it will fill out and, yeah. and become embodied. And it's so much more fun this way. <laughs> yeah to get the pieces as incomplete as possible and ride with it and watch delightfully how the little hole get filled up down the road. Mm -hmm. Not so much that we want all of them to, uh, to get filled up, but to uh, be able to fully inhale the filling up as mm -hmm. we go. Right. Because this is food for the psyche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. The other piece is with the symbols to don't let them just stay two-dimensional. Feel into each symbol you're given. Feel into what right. it means. What does a bird mean to you? Now, That's don't just right. look it up in a book. What does it feel like it feel that you're drawn like? to birds That's right. or nests or trees or tigers or mm -hmm. water or whatever it may be? So let the symbols speak to you, right? Absolutely. Be in relationship with them. So and that's the other thing I'm hearing. And that's, uh, that, that means that you are building your own authority mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. You're not drawing from all these, all these writing, all these saying that come from other people who have grabbed onto their own thread and they are sharing it. What about yours? Mm -hmm. 
as you allow your own feeling to take the forehead of this whole inquiry, then you are allowing the, the movie of your own authority and play to, to go on. Right. And indeed, down the road, this is something that you can very comfortably share because you are sharing something that is directly your own experience. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so just a, just a few more minutes. I just want to speak to the fact that um, you know what you're bringing is completely outside of our Western conditioning. Like, what the hell do you mean we don't have... We, we want a result from this process, right? What do you mean we just stay in the experience of it, right? <laughs> Even the name of this interview is the doingness of calling, like, right? right? So right. I just want to name that. Yes. And I also want to name, in terms of my own experience, is that, you know, I sat with that discomfort, and for me there was shame and there was terror and there mm -hmm. was, you know, confusion. There were all those things that my work came out of. Mm -hmm. Um... And that there was a point that I did have to birth something very concrete. So the Women's Courage Circle was the first thing that got birthed out of the depth of the dif difficulty I'd faced trying to find what the hell this thing was inside of me, right? <laughs> and so I do want to honor that at some point in the stage, something starts to push from inside and oh, demands, yeah. oh, demands yeah. to come into form. Absolutely. Can you say anything about that? Because something will come into well, form. Well, it does mean that your having been uh, dwelling on this process was like allowing this whole thing to gestate. Right. You know, we don't just dash into this world. We gestate. Letting the world know long ahead of time that we are here, but we're not ready yet to come out. Mm -hmm. In the same way, the struggling with this thing, the, 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 the whole concept of holding some, something you don't know 100% what it is, how it is uh, going to manifest, and putting you on this kind of constant standby, but not sometimes anticipation, eventually translate into labor, where the things need to be born. Mm -hmm. And by the time you reach that level, it is a lot more precise than it has ever been. It is. Uh, it cannot be premature. Mm -hmm. And so the whole thing is about hanging in there long enough for this thing that is in gestation to become completely congealed enough to want to be birthed. Great. And that's when uh, the, the, some new adventure begins, some new excitement. Mm -hmm. Because at least, you got to understand, it doesn't, it, it doesn't fix it all. But at least uh, it provides greater clarity and uh, uh, the thread becomes a lot more solid. You can grab it, <laughs> size it up and uh, really feel like, whoa, it was worth waiting for. Yes. You know, something of that nature. I think that uh, in the end, it is trust. Uh, Self-trust and trust in the mystery. I know that uh, mystery is always kind of borderline turn off people who want immediacy right away and they're justified I have to uh, I also want that everybody want that but we are not judged by the uh, uh, the immediacy 
the getting, the fix it right there and then. We are more judged by how long we hang <laughs> with that uh, mystery. Absolutely. Because, yes, this culture is in constant medication, painkillers, you know, it, it, it hurts, knock it out. Or shove it down somewhere that you don't hear it. But in the end, uh, when we do that, do we even think about what we have missed? What we have had to forego in the interest of a temporary relief? <laughs> and what is relief when it has to do with muting the voice of the thread that we've been, we've caught on? How do we know that a journey is tangible, real, effective, if we don't feel all kind of opposing voices coming in the form of wound, pain, or this or that? How do we know? We get to a certain point where, when we have to share our stories, and we have an audience, most of it is going through a painful experience, if ours has not been painful. We're really not the right kind of authority because we don't know what the other has been through or is going through as we speak. There is a moment when we must feel this, uh, this clash and the clash must be felt by a neural response that is not pleasant. Mm -hmm. And that's how we, that's what we, we record as evidence that we're going the right direction. Maybe the, the elders are right in my village when they say that. If your journey is like first class style, you're going to hell. <laughs> Instead, if all hell break loose, that's a sign that right. you're, going the, you're going the right direction. Yeah, we talk a lot about dark wisdom, which is Michael Mead's, you know, yes, idea. And absolutely. I think that's what you're speaking to, that the, yeah. our calling comes out of something, some dark wisdom. Absolutely. So that's an important place to pay attention to. All right, well, thank you so much. Oh, really thanks. appreciate this. No All right. Yeah.